on the left side. Stone to the right, back in front, they score! Tic-tac-toe to Donov, back to Stone! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Theodore finds Wah in the slot, but overtime hero against Montreal, sets it up for Theodore, he scores! Vegas wins in overtime! Shea Theodore, the hero! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. T-Mobile Arena, it's the BGK Insider Show. Ashley Weiss and uh, Chris Jones are stopping by from AT&T Sportsnet. I have no idea what they're doing, but they appear to be uh, they are waving doing to some TV stuff. They're saying hello. Oh, nightlife stuff. Boy, Ashley works a lot. She works a ton. Chris Jones is the laziest camera person I've ever met, but it's his uh, birthday today. Uh, they don't realize that we're doing a live broadcast and we're broadcast professionals. As we get back to work, uh, hour number two of the VGK Insider Show, Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, with you. Huge game tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights trying to uh, launch themselves into the busiest month of the season with some uh, really good feelings uh, around themselves. It's the San Jose Sharks providing the opposition. Vegas has won 10 in a row against their Pacific Division rivals, points in 15 straight. This is one of those nights, though, where... Extending that point streak to 16 without a win won't feel like anything positive. No, I, I think you're you're looking at a Golden Knights team right now that is in need of and and wants two points, and and really that's how this game has to end for the Golden Knights. I, I you know, I, I'm a big process guy. We've talked about it all year long. Um, I don't care how it looks get two points that's what the golden knights need to do tonight boy that's a big shift for you well i mean i i think that they'll get two points if the process looks good i i don't mm. i don't expect that's not the way you just said it well, sure it's not the way that i just said it what i just said is two points is most important everything mm. else comes secondary in this game but i i don't think that the the way the golden knights go about getting two points in this one tonight against against san jose is going to be by playing a poor game i i think the process will be where it needs to be. My point being is I, I've been I've been chirped at enough that that I, I need to start talking about the results more. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, I Who's do look chirping at all oh, people on Twitter. Come on, oh. Darren. It, it happens often. It, you pay way too much attention. I don't pay to that. too much attention. It's you in do. My you're face you're, all you're the time. changing your your stance I'm right now. I'm not changing anything. What I'm saying is two the points. Old, the old Ryan would have stood firm. Two points is all that matters, right? Like, this is a team that you you, you just brought it up. You, you come out of this one with a point. You, you, you don't get the full job done. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel like anything was really accomplished. Two points is two points. That's what the Golden Knights need right now. You got the Edmonton Oilers playing right now against Philadelphia. They're up one nothing. Uh, you, you, you have the ability to maybe close a bit on the L.A. Kings by virtue of them getting... The door is blown off them yesterday. So for me, uh, two points looms the, the largest. That's the most important thing to come out of this game. Everything else is secondary at this point. Goaltending matchup tonight, Robin Leonard against James Reimer, a couple of veterans. Reimer, like his, his hips and yeah. his shoulders and yeah. his knees must be aching right now. He's been the busiest guy in the league uh, lately because uh, Aiden Hill went down with lower body and injury. Uh, and Reimer, he, he's gone like the last dozen in a row. Uh, three, five, and four in those 12 games. 
He was really good the other night against the Seattle Kraken, stopped 39, but uh, struggled against the Vegas Golden Knights uh, when these teams met at SAP a couple of uh, weeks ago. It, that game against the Kraken, the 3-1 win, mm-hmm. was the first time he allowed less than three in eight games. So even though they're playing him a lot, yeah. he hasn't. And he had a he was outstanding for the first two months. Mm-hmm. His analytic numbers mm-hmm. were some some of the best in the National Hockey League. Yeah. He's come down to uh, earth here uh, with the rest of the team lately. Well, I, it probably has something to do with with being leaned on so heavily. But you, you know, I, like for me, I, I think for the Golden Knights, you, you have some confidence against this goaltender. You were able to put. Uh, a four spot up against the San Jose Sharks not too long ago. So, like, I go into this one, I'm I'm expecting offense to come from the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm expecting this team to, to find ways to make life difficult on James Reimer because they're going to have to. And we'll see if Robin Leonard uh, can continue what has been a pretty good run of goaltending for the Vegas Golden Knights in his absence. Logan Thompson mm-hmm. with a win, and Laurent Brassois uh, out-goaltended his counterpart in Arizona on Friday sure. and was really good Saturday against the Colorado Avalanche. He goes back in. Here is defenseman Ben Hutton on uh, Robin Leonard playing. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, LB and LT uh, have been good um, with his absence, but he he's obviously, you know, he's a, he's a great goalie. Uh, he's the panda back there. Uh, he, he's awesome. The panda. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Is it panda or the panda? Well, I, I say the panda. You do? Yeah. I think I just say panda. But, yeah. like, I also don't really say panda. Panda's going yeah, or I, panda's going. I, I don't. Like, I don't. I'm I don't, with Ben. I don't. I call him the panda. Yeah, I don't use the emojis to, like, refer to the players. I don't use their nicknames either. Hmm. Like, I'm just, just, I just don't go that. You never did that with no. any play? Like, you no. didn't do a flower never. or anything? No. no. He's a that's, professional, that's Darren. That's the, 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 the Blackhawks broadcasters, yeah. uh, my buddy Edzo, <laughs> he calls them the flower. Sure. I think it's just flower. Well, in that context, yes, I would say I would say just flower. So, I, what's the difference between panda and well, the panda? It's not for me. I say I would say panda. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's that's the nickname. It's not the panda. It's I worked panda. in a place where we weren't allowed to use nicknames for each other for a while. Really? Yeah. And what was that like? It was awkward. Yeah. Because everybody like Mac or Kipper or we we yeah. uh, Fridge, we're all nicknames. Yeah. Mallard, like. Uh, I, don't, I don't think Gosher knows my name. He certainly doesn't. He just I, we've, knows. We've he just, talked about it. He just knows the nickname. Yeah. Uh, I, I could never do it here. But yeah, I actually worked in a place where they would not allow for about a two and a half year stretch until there was a change uh, with philosophy. That was by meaning uh, there was a change at, with the boss. <laughs> uh, uh, we weren't allowed to use nicknames, and it was really weird. It was like, "Hello, Ryan." Hi, how are you, Darren? <laughs> it, was, it was very, it was way too <laughs> formal for uh, for those of us. I I don't I don't I don't call you Millard. Well, I guess I call you Millard to start the you, show. You call me, Millard. you don't use Mallard though. Uh, a couple times, mm-hmm. but like I it, usually when I address you, it's Darren, and it's usually because I'm mad at you. Yeah, so I don't uh, I don't want to use I don't want to use a nickname to soften the blow. There, that is uh, something that I've experienced. Uh, a time or two over the course of uh, of course of my lifetime. Uh, yeah. Let's go back to uh, to Big Ben mm-hmm. and just talking about the urgency and the attention to detail to pick up the two points tonight against San Jose. I, I like like we just touched on. I think we've, we've been playing pretty good hockey. Uh, obviously, the you know the end result is to get the win at the end of the night. So we need to find a way to do that. Whether it's you know 
uh, getting a greasy goal here or there or, you know, tighten up a little bit better defensively. Um, but at the end of the day, if, you know, we're playing a good team game, I think we should be fine. And Ben Hutton has worked himself from a player that didn't have a contract at the start of the year. Yep. And is now, went to training camp uh, with the Anaheim Ducks, is now signed with Vegas, went from spot duty, filling in when they were badly uh, in need of a body, to playing with Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. And, and not just a one-off, but this is a few games in a row that he's paired with number seven. Yeah, and, and I think it's just a testament to what Ben Hutton's been able to do. Like, he he understood the assignment, went out there and, and executed. He's been very good for the Golden Knights. He was good in a depth role. And then when you're trying to work Nick Haig back and you're trying to find the right configuration with your pairing, there's something about Haig and White Cloud together. Those two guys just gel. And what Ben Hutton's ability next to Alex Petrangelo has done is it has allowed the Golden Knights to balance out their three pairs on defense a little bit more, and it's it's allowed the Golden Knights lately to defend incredibly well. I don't care who you are, and Ben's been around for a number of years. Got to be cool playing with Petro. Here he is. Oh, it's been good. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Petro's obviously uh, a great defenseman, elite, elite player in this league, uh, so he makes it a little bit easy out there. Uh, he's always chatting, talking. And at the same time, I feel like, you know, every game we build more and more chemistry, so it's good. Well, definitely you want to know who, who you're out there against. Uh, you, you know, I mean, at the same time, you want to play, this, you know, your, your game. You don't want to deviate from that. But at the same time, you know, you want to know when a McKinnon or players like that are out there for sure. McKinnon, uh, and he scored the big goal the other night on his first shot. Uh, Vegas had done such a great job head-to-head against the Colorado Avalanche. And still, I mean, by the end of the day... The analytics said that Vegas was the better team in that game, minus the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think analytics, eye test, whatever metric you want to measure it by outside of final score, the Golden Knights were better than the Colorado Avalanche. They just were. They defended better. They were great through the neutral zone. They didn't give Colorado many chances. And then even in zone, I thought the Golden Knights did a great job taking away the middle of the ice, not allowing the Colorado Avalanche to beat them there. Uh, You know, you look at the difference in the game. It's a goal that has no business going in, and then it's Nathan McKinnon making an all-world play. That's that's the margin for victory and the margin for error uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche, and uh, that's the difference in a game that otherwise uh, you'd leave feeling really good about if the Golden Knights would have had the three instead of the two. Now, San Jose's not in the same league as the, well, they're in the same league, the National <laughs> Hockey League, but not the same level of team as the Colorado Avalanche. They do have a, a really good top line. Depth-wise, it's night and day yeah. between the clubs. Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, and Barbashev have been uh, carrying this club. When yeah. got, and, and you've got Hurdle and and Meyer, both 20 goal guys. Yeah, I mean, for the for the Golden Knights, I, I mean, it, it becomes very simple, right, in terms of how you want to shut down the San Jose Sharks. You've got to make it so that Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle don't beat you. And, and I think when the Golden Knights have the ability to focus in or key in on a couple of players, they're usually able to shut it down. And you look at the game against San Jose 10 days ago. Timo Meyer didn't have much going on. Tomas Hurdle, not much going on. And that's because the Golden Knights are able to clue in on, on those players and shut down that line. I think I said Barbashev, uh, Barbanov, uh, yeah. Alexander Barbanov. 
uh, get my uh, bees mixed up there. But uh, they've, they've, they've got something going right now. It's a, it's a younger line. They've, they've put so many rookies into, into play. And remember the start of, well, the last two years, really, uh, it sent, felt like every second game somebody was scoring their first career goal, mm -hmm. the Vegas yeah. goal of the Knights. It's, it's been like that all year for, for, for the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, I, I, I think this is a team that has taken kind of that necessary step, right? Like we, we've looked at San Jose, um, and you transition from perennial contender to, okay, missing the playoffs a couple of times. Maybe that's a blip on the radar to, no, there's a rebuild that's necessary. And I think that y you, you get to a point where you have to start trusting in your young players to come in and learn how to play in the NHL. And I think that's the year you're seeing right now from the San Jose Sharks is that you've got some young guys that have to come in and give you solid minutes and learn how to be pros in this league. Have you heard anything about uh, Hurdle and the, the contract talks? That um, they're, they're perhaps moving in the right direction or there was a positive negotiation or a positive talk mm -hmm. in the last 24 to 48 hours, but that's the latest I've, I've got on Hurdle. You know, at the start of the year, I didn't think there was a chance he was re-signing there. I don't think there should be a chance that he re-signs there. Like if, if I'm Tomas Hurdle, I'm hitting the open market. Come on, like as much as as much as maybe you want to be a San Jose Shark, as much as you maybe like your situation, where you're living, all that stuff, you're gonna find money on the open market, and you're gonna get to pick a team that that likely is gonna be further along in in what they want to do in contention than where San Jose is right now. I I I, I like him. I would just not be loyal in that situation. Yeah, uh, he was a player that kind of had circled uh, from a Golden Knights standpoint sure, before yeah. the acquisition of Jack Eichel. Yeah, and even then, I was wondering how how are you going to be able to to fit that in? And and Vegas was able to work it with with mm -hmm. Jack. Uh, certainly, the injuries have helped, but uh, big fan of uh, of Tomas Hurdle. Yeah, I I love the player. Um, uh, you know, he's had some massive games, obviously against the Vegas Golden Knights, and and you know, probably not something that many fans want to talk about or acknowledge, but. Um, in terms of players that, that know how to produce and players that come out, come up big in the playoffs, Tomas Hurdle is a guy that fits that bill. And to me, I think it's more valuable for the Sharks to move Hurdle at the deadline and get something of value for him um, as opposed to hanging on to a player that by the time San Jose's threatening again, by the time they're good again, uh, he's going to be... Well, especially with their cap situation trending in the wrong direction when they've already got so much money locked into Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and Mark Edward Vlasic and you know be one of those fascinating things to watch because they've got so many guys locked up yeah and they've everybody that's come up they've locked up and and they've uh, gone down that path and and like I say all this understanding how much of uh of an impact not re-signing Joe Pavelski has been for this mm -hmm. club, right? Yeah. Like, like we all, yeah, it's we all, the one where they should have, right? Yeah, it's it's the one guy that they should have locked up. They didn't do it, and it is it has been an absolute train wreck in, in terms of on ice results for the San Jose Sharks. But they're missing yeah. since Joe Pavelski left in free agency. Teenage Mutant Ninja Hurdle. It's a nickname that I have for uh, Tomas Hurdle. Uh, for Pete DeBoer, opportunity to win his 500th game in the National Hockey League. Here is the Vegas Golden Knights head coach on that subject. Yeah, we've been talking about this for too long. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully we can get over the hump here. Um, you know, like I said, I think uh, anytime you're playing an old team, especially one, you know, your most recent uh, 
team prior to, to coaching here, it's more special. But we, we've also played them a, a bunch of times, and that's a totally different group over there than I had. There's actually not that many guys left, uh, you know, that that I had the opportunity to work for or with, uh, other than at some development camps or some young guys there. But um, yeah, you know, I, I think we just want to win a game. You know, whether it's 500 for me, whether it's against San Jose, an old team. Uh, you know, we we've got to. We got to play a good game like we did against Colorado. Get on a win and, and get things rolling in the right direction. The present situation of your club going into this game really changes the narrative around winning that 500th game. Mm -hmm. Against San Jose, you'd be thinking, "Yeah, stick it to them. Mm -hmm. Let's go. It's your former team." Yeah. But Pete's right. You can't even think about revenge or payback or uh, twisting uh, the, the the stick in the back because you got to go out and win a game. You it it's if you if you'd won four or five coming in, mm -hmm. it's a drastically different conversation. Well, I mean, if you won four out of five coming in, you'd already be past five hundred wins. Um, yeah, I, I look at this like I, I think, and, and this is kind of based on the conversation that we had with Pete DeBoer about kind of those milestone moments in when the When we career. actually talked to him. When we actually talked like to him, yeah. had an extended conversation, and yeah. that was last uh, Thursday, yeah. right? Yeah, it was. It was last Thursday. Um, I, I think that he cares more about winning two points and getting two standings points because that's what the team needs than he does about it being 500, right? Like, mm -hmm. And I genuinely believe that because – Right now, the team needs something. Right now, the team needs to find uh, a little bit of confidence in their game. They've got to find a result, and I think that that's the most pressing issue right now in the mind of Pete DeBoer is, you know what, getting a win will be great because then we can stop talking about 500, but getting a win will be great because then we're winning games. Mm -hmm. Remember uh, in that uh, discussion that we had last Thursday when he joined us the night before the game against the Arizona Coyotes, we yep. talked about uh, reflecting <coughs> on on his, his career. Yeah. He's going to coach's thousandth game later on this season uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and that's a milestone and we discussed uh, is he more easygoing, easy uh, casual, I think I used the word casual and that got shut down in a real <laughs> hurry uh, for, from Pete but uh, the ability to, to roll with things Yeah, you listen to him when things aren't going great and it's like his demeanor loosens up and that's that's a conscious decision sure, yeah but those those times where, say, as a kid, you're in trouble or you're in trouble with your, your spouse and your spouse doesn't get mad at you mm -hmm. and doesn't or your parents don't get mad at you. And you're like, oh, that's great. And you want to you want to do better next time because of that and because they 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 let you not slide, but didn't put you under the grill. Mm -hmm. And. I, I get that same impression with with Pete's tact, and it, maybe it's just with us, and 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 what we see. But I I see some real psychological uh, massaging with with how Pete DeBoer handles the highs and lows. Yeah, I, I think it, it it has to come from a place of of keeping things even, right? Like we talk about an eighty two game schedule, we talk about the ups and uh, ups and downs, the highs and lows. Um, you know, not not getting too in into the moment when you're on a on a when you're riding a win streak and not getting too low or down in the dumps when things aren't going your way how important that is and and I you know I think for me like when when you have Pete DeBoer 
choosing his words as carefully as he does, waiting for the right moments to use certain phrases to get what he needs out of his team. I, I think trying to keep things as a little bit looser over the course of, of the last couple of days has been important because this is a Golden Knights team that played a really good game. I, I keep going back to that against Colorado. Yeah. It was a really, really dialed in game. There's really not anything to be disappointed about if you're Pete DeBoer from your team outside of you just didn't get the win. Everything else about the game you like, and I think that that, that falls into into play here because, you know, I, I just I look at it. He's not disappointed. He liked the effort. He liked the game. He wants that repeated over and over and over again, and, and I think that's kind of the key that he's, he's cluing in on is you do that, you're going to win. They held Colorado to 21 shots. Yeah perspective that's five fewer than colorado has been held to all year that's what that's what kind of job they did yeah. defensively and, and especially through the neutral zone mm-hmm. yeah i mean listen nathan mckinnon had one shot on goal and like i get that it was the game winner i get that it it, it changed the complexity of the game and all that but when you're able to to shut down an absolute unit like Nathan McKinnon, who the game prior against Winnipeg had 14 shots on goal. Like, you, you have to take that as a positive. I, I get it. No result. Sure. But the ability to defend one of the best, most dynamic players on the planet, the Golden Knights did it for all but 26 seconds. I'm going to take that, that repeated effort night in and night out. The first of four games between now and Sunday for the uh, Golden Knights facing San Jose tonight. And then it's Boston Thursday, Anaheim at the Honda Center on Friday. And wrapping up uh, the week against the Ottawa Senators at home on Sunday. That game on Thursday is a 6 o'clock start. Just want to remind everybody uh, about that. And uh, whether you're coming to the game, make sure that you're uh, leaving uh, earlier, obviously. Uh, or whether you're listening on the radio on Fox Sports uh, Las Vegas. Uh, just uh, keep that in mind. So we'll be on the air with the VGK Insider Show, 4 o'clock as usual. But uh, Ryan Wallace will preempt himself uh, with the pregame show, 5 to 6, and then the game against the Boston Bruins. And it was uh, a great game uh, for Vegas in Boston earlier this year. And they'll have to be up to uh, that level of play again because the Bruins have been just roaring lately and are coming off a smashing of the Los Angeles Kings 7 nothing. We'll talk about the Bruins in the next couple of days. Uh, Brad Marchand's back in the lineup and he's all smiles right now. He, every time I see him on the <laughs> ice, he's, he's smiling. Jonathan Quick stopped him a couple of times last night. He was smiling again. He, he, he tapped oh, the goaltender a couple of nights ago uh, and, and, and made something. So we, we got a lot. Jeremy Swayman's a big storyline mm-hmm. uh, with the Boston Bruins as well. But for Vegas tonight, uh, the lineup is still a, a little bit in question or undetermined. Because William Carey uh, left today's uh, skate. Uh, it was an optional. Mm-hmm. So you come out, you do whatever you want, uh, and, and then you leave. But uh, he is a, a game-time decision. Jake Lesition, Jonas Rombjerk uh, were out there uh, recalled from Henderson. Here's Pete DeBoer just on the, on the status of the lineup. Uh, he's got a chance to. We've got some game-time decisions on some guys. So, um, you know, he would be the guy that would go in if someone up front can't go. He's right. one of the game-time decisions, yeah. So that's Jake, who could go in, mm-hmm. and Will Carrier, who is a game-time decision. If he plays tonight, it's his 300th National Hockey League game. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've kind of laid out my idea, my thought process on 
what I'd like oh, to yeah, see. Oh, yeah, you want to get a promotion. I, I'd like to see Will Carrier with Jack Eichel and Chandler Stevenson just to give it a look, just to see, because I think the puck retrieval ability of Will Carrier in the offensive zone and his ability to drive net front, get plays to get the puck to dangerous areas uh, could be something that could benefit that line. Um, I say that, and, and now he's game time decision, so it's probably all my fault. I don't know whether it's your fault or whether you, if he's battling something, uh, and who knows what it is. Yeah. Uh, those are two pretty fast guys to to keep up with, mm-hmm. and whatever Amlin, upper body, lower body, uh, that's that's a challenge if you're not at your best yeah. to uh, to maintain that level of pace, skill, and uh, and game uh, mind uh, approach oh, when you're when you have to think and skate and and get up and down the ice. Uh, Kerry though has has shown some range mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, and, and he's been around and, and he's sort of been slotted into that meat grinder spot in the the fourth line. But more so than any other season, we've we've watched Pete DeBoer move him up and down the lineup. Yeah, I mean there were there were stretches of time where Will Carrier was riding uh, alongside Chandler Stevenson because you had two players that had. Uh, a similar ability to get up the ice and make plays at the same time, right? And, you know, I, I think that this has been kind of that season for Will Carrier to demonstrate to maybe the rest of the fan base, the rest of the world, that uh, that he's more than just that fourth-line guy that's going to provide a little bit of energy and more than just a guy that you want to see throw hits. He's a guy mm-hmm. that can also score. He's a guy that can also drive offense, and he's done a good job of that for the Golden Knights in a lot of different places this year. I still carry a play, and if I didn't know the numbers, mm-hmm. I'd say he's a twelve to fifteen goal guy. He's he's certainly because because he <laughs> generates that many yeah. opportunities and and can skate so fast. Like he certainly gets the puck to the areas you need to be a twelve to fifteen goal guy, right? Like mm-hmm. every every game, every game without fail. Will Carrier will pick up the puck in the neutral zone. He will drop the shoulder. He will turn the corner on the defenseman, and he will bring the, the puck Down to the front right of the net. Down that right side, yeah. To the front of the net. Doesn't always finish, mm-hmm. but at least it gets there. And, and I think that that's kind of the big, the big story for me for the Golden Knights. Like, get the puck there, crash, go hard, compete there. Bury, bear down there, and you'll find some goals. You'll find some greasy ones. You'll find the ones you need in order to get that swagger back. So what do you think he, he can score? His career high is eight. He's got six right now. Mm. I mean, like, I, I think he could be a 10-goal guy. I, mm. Like, I do. Even, and, and not 10-goal guy riding alongside Jack Eichel. Like, that that's going to bring the total up to me. Um, but, yeah, on a fourth line in, in this league, the way that he plays, and especially if he's playing with, say, like Brett Howden and, and Nolan Patrick, two guys that have more skill than I think a lot of people maybe give them credit for at this stage of their careers, I think he could be a 10-goal guy, absolutely. Like there's Carrier, there's Keegan Colasar yeah. in that same I've I've maintained since Keegan came up that I could see him scoring 15 goals in, in the National Hockey sure. League. Yeah. Now, that's been hampered by his inability to finish great looks. Yeah. And But he always – Carrier and Colasar might be top six – in the best looks <laughs> on the team. Yeah. Uh, when, when, when you when you look at it, Cole yeah. starts always around the net, always seems to have these opportunities, and for some reason they don't always go in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we talked about the, through the, when that bubble bursts, it, it's just going to open the floodgates. Hasn't done that. No. Although Cole starts point totals 
are really uh, respectable this year. Under the radar, good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Carrier, uh, can he score? Can he score four goals in the final twenty-nine games? That would be a huge plus uh, when, and and that would also signify and go with that that philosophy of making that fourth line uh, a lot more offensive. Which I think is is the right play, right? Like again, we we talked about it yesterday. We'll, we'll talk about it probably until we're blue in the face. Like the identity of this Golden Knights team on the fourth line has changed. It is it is changed from a pure energy go out, bang bodies, and try to play even line to okay, this line can still play. This line can get in on a four check. They can create some plays. They're skilled enough to put the puck in the back of the net, and we're going to need them to because everything's going to get tighter. It's going to get harder to score. It's going to get harder for the Mark Stones and the Jack Eichels and the Max Pacioretty's to score. So where do you need to pick up some of that offense in the playoffs? With your third and fourth line. Farewell February. March is upon us, and it's going to be a busy month for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, We'll look at uh, other storylines in and around the National Hockey League with one-timers next as we continue our show from T-Mobile Arena in Section 104 on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. Oh, here's a big story for you. We have two pairs of tickets. The Boston Bruins and the Vegas Golden Knights, 6 o'clock start time on Thursday here at T-Mobile Arena. First set of tickets available right now, 702-876-1340. B, caller number... Ryan? Three. Three. B, caller number three to 702-876-1340. And we'll give away another set before the end of the show today to the... Vegas Golden Knights and the Boston Bruins. Thursday, 6 o'clock start here at T-Mobile Arena, 5 o'clock pregame show. So that means the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show will be one hour of that day. Paul Powell Law, more lawyer, less fee, presenting the one-timer segment. And congratulations to Kyle Kyle Davidson. Uh, He is the permanent general manager of the Chicago Blackhawks, 33-year-old. Uh, appointed the, that position on an interim basis when the Blackhawks uh, went through their upheaval earlier this season. And he has done enough to impress in that impressive performance. So was right in front of the search committee that included uh, Marion Hosa, Eddie Olchuk, and Patrick Sharp. And the decision was to hold the course with the young whippersnapper. Um, I... I I love the fact that you just said whippersnappers. Mm-hmm. There's that. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you you impress enough people, everything's an audition, right? And and you you get the job, you get to you, you get to kind of start to move things in in a, in a direction that you want to take them. Uh, I thought the the commentary on this being a rebuild for yeah, the Chicago he confirmed Blackhawks. that. He yeah, said we're we're rebuilding. That's that's big because it, it lays out what the plans are going to be. It it certainly gives the fan base an indication of what's to come for Chicago and for an organization that had that did a lot of winning between 2010 and 2020. Um, the, that's that's bitter. It's a bitter pill to swallow in that regard. But I, I think that if you're committed to it, um, 
have have the new vision. Have have an idea of what of what you're going to do moving forward. And I think it's a, a positive for the Blackhawk organization. He was not willing to put a time frame on the rebuild. Yeah, smart. Said it uh, if it's two, if it's three, if it's five, yeah, uh, ten. If, if the the process will take uh, its its course. Yeah. But they're committed to a rebuild. One other thing. Yeah. He said that he'll keep. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves apprised of the rebuild and what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Here. This doesn't happen everywhere else, but Kyle Davidson said Jonathan Patrick, extremely important uh, to the uh, organization, said, I had a brief conversation with both of them this morning about some of the sediments about today's announcement and what I would be talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be an ongoing discussion between myself and the players. Uh, I'll tell you for sure there won't be any surprises on their end in terms of what we plan to do with the organization. Okay. There's a whole bunch there. Yeah. One is, is he going to keep them apprised and have conversations about if they want to go somewhere else and have another chance of winning because there's a rebuild? Uh, are they going to be part of the decision-making of the Chicago Blackhawks and the rebuild? I, I find it I intriguing. And this isn't, I don't know, I'll throw it, uh, uh, some uh, veteran National Hockey League gen general manager, Gwen Sather, popping in there. There's yeah. a 33-year-old th getting his first National Hockey League general manager job, and it came through... Uh, very uh, controversial and yeah. uh, un unfortunate situation. Yeah, and and Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are both 33 years old, mm -hmm. which is uh, yeah. kind of astounding. Because we're what's what's their contract uh, status? Uh, all right, so both are signed to identical contracts because, of course, that's what you do after you win Stanley Cups. Uh, 10.5 million for this season and next season for both Patrick Kane right. and Jonathan Taves. Now. That cap hit is going to make it difficult to move in in this landscape within the league, right? Flat cap is going to make it difficult. That being said, if there's a commitment to a rebuild, and if you are Patrick Kane, and if you are Jonathan Taves, maybe more so Patrick Kane at this point than Jonathan Taves. Higher level. Uh, if I'm Patrick Kane, I want to go play somewhere else. I want to go win another Stanley Cup, right? Like, I, I do. And, and what you can get... For a player like Patrick Kane, especially with retained salary, is going to really push along what the Chicago Blackhawks are trying to do. I don't think that you're going to move both. Like I, I look at Jonathan Taves as being the guy that that's, that's going to be the Blackhawk forever. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's prudent from a an organizational point of view to move both guys, bring in as many assets as you can, and do this rebuild the right way. If you think there's a chance that the Chicago Blackhawks will eat salary, mm. then I'm trading for Patrick Kane now yeah. and getting two runs out of him before he becomes a free agent. If I, if, I, if, I can, if I can do that, I, I don't know whether Chicago will eat any salary, and you're, you're going to see the real bite to that yeah. uh, of, of eating salary or what Minnesota's going through with the buyout. Yeah. Not the same situation, yeah. but still uh, eating salary. Uh, if, if I'm convinced that Chicago will absorb some of that cost, 
I'm, I'm right on this at this point. And with all due respect to Flower, <laughs> that would be the number one target on the Chicago Blackhawks at this point. After today's announcement, yeah. I can't imagine how much Kyle Davidson's phone has erupted. Oh, yeah. It, it, like, I'm right there with you. If, if, if Chicago's willing and if they are able to eat some money, it'll be a bidding war for Patrick King. You will be able to get some some legitimate assets out of clubs and I think in that situation you have to do it. You have to do it. If you if you're using the word rebuild and you're you're not like you're looking at a 3 to 5 year window. Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, they're going to hang them up yeah. by the time that window closes. It does you no oh, good. I don't know. I don't uh, know. No, they will. Patrick, you think Patrick Kane's only got 5 years left? I think yeah, I think it, I don't know I think about it, that one. I think Taves, at some yeah. point I think at some point it's going to catch up to him. I, I really do. Like he never gets hit. I, I, yeah. Now, when he's still got the ability to move, like I, I think that there's going to be a point where he's at thirty-three. All of a sudden, Patrick Kane's going to get hit, and it's going to slow him down. That all being said, if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves both finish out their contracts in Chicago, it's not a legit rebuild. In my eyes, it's not. Yeah, tear it all down. They haven't done. Tear it all down. They haven't done the job properly. Although I, I think Taves does finish his career there. Uh, Nashville Predators not looking to trade Philip Forsberg, and and I heard David Foyle talking about this today. Yeah, said that he's he's trying to sign Philip, and they've gone back and forth uh, on on these proposals. Yeah, and David Foyle went on to say, as of today, I can tell you clearly, we're trying to sign. Philip Forsberg, who's been their best player, yeah. doesn't not the best totals because he's missed a bunch of games, but their best player. He's got 27 goals in 40 games right now. Pretty impressive. Uh, is do you have to bite hard on that? No. David Poyle, no nobody does big deals. Yeah. Whether it's trades or contracts, like, like David Poyle. So yeah. he's, like we're going from. 33-year-old Kyle Davidson mm -hmm. to David Poyle, who's, like, nobody's been a manager longer than David Poyle. Sure. So he's been around the block a couple of times. Is is David Poyle's management career older than Kyle Davidson? Ooh, that's a good point. Let me check on that. Uh, as far as Philip Forsberg goes, like, I think, I think if you're the Nashville Predators at this point, um, and you know we've we've talked about it a couple of times with Nashville. Um, I I don't think that they're a Stanley Cup contender. Can crazy things happen if they get in? Sure, but is Philip Forsberg going to be the difference between them going on a deep run and winning a Stanley Cup? Uh, no, I I don't I don't think so. So if if you're unable to sign him. I'd make a move. I, I'd trade them. I'd get some assets. If you are able to sign them, then great. Good job. You, you've got your your guy locked up for the next couple of seasons, whatever the case may be. But you got to commit long-term to Philip Forsberg, and it's going to have to be a high number. Like, you're, you're looking at just under Roman Yossi territory there for a contract, and that's something that David Poyle has to determine if he wants to do. Confirmed. David Poyle's been a manager for more years than Kyle <laughs> Davidson's been alive. <laughs> Love it. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a that's a great pull there. 
I wonder if uh, Forsberg gives them a hometown discount. Uh, what's a hometown discount? Million? Million a year? Like maybe? One to one and a half, maybe. Depends on how much you like. He's made himself school. a lot of money this year. Sure, but like. A ton of money with his performance this year. But, like, hometown discount for, for what? Like, do you, do you buy the Nashville Predators as Stanley no. Cup contenders no. for the next well, two I, or I, three I, years? Actually, I, they're the biggest mystery I have. I, I don't think that they're a cup contender. I think they're a playoff team. Like, I think they'll get in. Crazy things can happen. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't look at Nashville and I say, ooh, they're coming out of their division, not when Colorado exists. Speaking of which, Jack Johnson's going to play his 1,000th game. That's when the Avalanche uh, visit the New York Islanders. That uh, that's surprising in that I didn't think it would it would like the longevity for Jack Johnson. I didn't think would be there, but mm. you know he went he went to the Pittsburgh Penguins and and found kind of a, a new lease on his career and good on him for getting to a thousand. Yeah, pretty pretty impressive. He he grinded out yeah uh, a thousand games. Yep, uh, good stuff. Are those your one timers? For this Tuesday, March the mm, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. One timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Catching up with Chapman's next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for catching up with Chapman. Christopher. Hi, Darren. Ryan. Hi, Hi. guys. How are you guys? <laughs> Anyway, um, what? so that wasn't awkward at all. So I, I hold on, hold on, stop, stop. I'm, I'm cutting into your time. What? Yeah, I'm cutting into your time. No, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, no, it does. Stop <laughs> doing that. Doing what? Just, you, you, you spend all this time wanting your own segment. Get to it. No, don't, well, don't, don't talk to us. I Let's have go. to be nice. Darren says, "Oh, Christopher," so I have to say, Just "Hi, launch Darren." Launch into it, buddy. <laughs> so I was, I, I was go back and forth here. It's your segment. I was thinking about it on my way to practice this morning, but I have not been in T-Mobile Arena since the All-Star game because um, I had obligations here at the station, so I missed a couple home games, and then I was out of town for well, a week. It's not so like it's, it's been two and a half years. No, no, but <laughs> believe it or not, one year ago today, I say that because one year ago today was the first game that they allowed fans back in T-Mobile Arena. There were only 2,600 fans in attendance, but it was one year ago today that that happened. Who'd they play? I believe it was the Minnesota Wild. You're right. Ding, 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 ding. And sound uh, effect. That was my that. Well, I don't. <laughs> that was my first opportunity to see Kirill Kaprizov. <laughs> oh, I got that. That was good. I don't. I don't have. I don't have a, a ding, ding, ding. <laughs> no, you got like Ovechkin, you got like seven Ovechkin. Drops. Of course, yeah, I have a ding, yeah! ding, ding. Yeah. Every time Jared is in there doing your job, he's like, "What is all this yeah. stuff in the computer?" It took us and, a while to find the pepper thing, man. And none of it's labeled. Oh, it is labeled. Jared, no. It's not my fault if Jared can't read the labels. It's 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 Chapman. Chapman. Yes. Uh, the pepper thing should just be labeled pepper. Well, it that's should. yeah, but but, no, no, no. but it should be. It what should is be. it labeled as? It's, the people the want people the pepper. Want. No, no, no. no it's the just people. the people want. No, it says the people want the pep. Okay, the people want the pep. Yeah, pepperoni pizza it could be a that, million that, different that's, things. No, Chapman's one of those those people that that structures his their job 
so nobody else could possibly do it. So Chapman's goal is to make himself extra valuable because no, it's 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 really it's really out. It's really not that hard. I mean, like like here's one. So what's wrong with that? I haven't labeled the celebrate. That's easy. We've had it all along. I have offended by it. Paul Maurice, not hard. I'm I'm offended by it. Max Pacioretty, annexation of Puerto Rico. Not exactly how we drew it up, but I won't give away our uh, our, uh, annexation of Puerto Rico there. See, it's all all labeled well. It's amazing how quickly you get derailed. I've got a Gloria. That's on Jared. That's not on Chapman. What's what's that labeled? Gloria. (laughs) I just like asking questions. That I already know it's the actually Lisa to. Brannigan. Is <laughs> how he labeled it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's who sings that. Laura. You guys are too old. That's good. Point. That's all. You guys are way too old. We'll talk to you later.